Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is a special segment of the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate, and this is our Election Day special. We're less than 30 days away from the general presidential election. This particular presidential election is vitally important. Please make sure you vote, exercise your franchise. It's so very important. Uh, We wanted to bring you some information from two social workers that are involved in the political arena and let them educate all of you as to where to vote, you know, early voting. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Some suggestions if anyone may encounter any problems or things of that sort. Uh, But we did want to give our listeners uh, the opportunity to hear from uh, two political social workers. And so without any further ado, first we have with us uh, my near and dear friend and colleague, uh, Miss Jessica J. Mitchell. She is an LMSW. Uh, Miss Mitchell is a social worker who's also an experienced political and campaign strategist who has worked throughout the tri-state area. Miss Mitchell is skilled in grassroots organizing, campaign management, and legislative action. She's also for the last five years, been an adjunct professor at Stony Brook University School of Social Welfare, where she teaches courses in policy, legislative advocacy, and political campaign management. She's currently a PhD student at the Wurzweiler School of Social Work at Yeshiva University, and Ms. Mitchell is currently the chair of the NESW NYS, that's the National Association of Social Workers, New York State Chapter of PACE, which is the Political Action Committee. Uh, My distinct pleasure to welcome my friend and colleague, Jessica J. Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you, Silas. And now we have also Miss Chantel Jackson. She's also an LMSW uh, licensed social worker. She's an author, college professor, and the Democratic nominee for the 79th Assembly District in the South Bronx. Chantel believes that her WEN mission will genuinely and totally transform her district into an even more healthy and wealthy community. And WEN stands for Wellness, Housing, education now. She's a dedicated member of her community, deeply connected and engaging in social work. She is a proud member of the United Federation of Teachers, a New York City public high school social worker, a college professor, a published author, and an illustrious graduate of the Adelphi University School of Social Work. Welcome to the show, Ms. Jackson. Thank you for having me. With that said, uh, we wanted to give our listeners some insight into some of the specifics and particulars about what they need to know during this vitally important election season. And so one thing I wanted to have both of you address is all the different ways that people can vote, especially as it relates to the areas in which you represent or which you serve. So uh, I'll let you go first, Ms. Jackson, different ways to vote and how they can uh, access information in your district. Absolutely. So, like you said, I am the Democratic nominee for the 79th Assembly District, and that is located in the South Bronx. First thing is I want everyone to have a plan on how they want to vote this year. And so I've made my plan, and I plan on voting early, the first day, and in person. So the different ways that you can vote is by absentee ballot, by early voting, and by voting on Election Day. And in order to vote for by absentee, you can request an absentee ballot at nycabsentee.com. You fill it out. You make sure that it is postmarked by November 3rd. Um, You can actually hand in your absentee ballot in person to the Board of Elections, or you can hand it in at a polling site, uh, any polling site, and they will take your absentee ballot. 
The other way to vote is early voting. In New York City, this is going to be our third time having early voting, and I would love for more people to come out and experience it because there aren't any lines, pretty safe and clean, and early voting starts October 24th and ends November 1st. So you have that option. And the last option is election day and the polls are open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Whatever you choose, just make sure you go out and vote. And those are our three options. Jessica, can you just kind of educate listeners that might be tuning in from those areas? Yeah. So um, I'm from I'm from Nassau County. So I'm a member of the state chapter of NASW. Uh, I just want to say that I also second what Chantel said. We need to all have plans to go vote. I need my plan already, and I'm going to stick to my plan. It's in my calendar. So I'm a member of the of the NASA division for the NASW, um, and I am the chair of the Peace Committee. So we have uh, endorsed candidates for this election, and you can go look at the list of endorsed candidates on our website. So it's naswnys.org. Um, and we have the PACE committee information under all of the regular committees, which has our list of endorsed candidates uh, for statewide candidates. And living in New York, you are lucky to have two uh NASW. So there's one in the city also that has a list of the city endorsed candidates uh, that are running for the state assembly and Senate. Tell our listeners what's the process for a candidate to be endorsed by uh, NASW. So the way that happens is we created a endorsement questionnaire. Um, Part of the endorsement process is ensuring that the candidates that we choose to support hold values similar to or the same as as NASW. Um, So we we have a couple of questions we ask all of the candidates to answer in terms of specific legislation related to our social justice priorities. Um, And then a few uh, open-ended questions about what their priorities are going to be uh, once in office. And that information is shared with all of the committee members on PACE. So there's nine committee members on the state chapter of PACE. And we discuss the candidates in our monthly or now because we were so close to election day. We were meeting twice a month to make sure we had the opportunity to speak about all of the candidates um, at length. And we discuss them and decide whether or not we are going to endorse. And then and then we take a vote. So you have to get a majority of the committee members. And then we send a letter to the candidates just informing them of the endorsement. And Chantel, um, in your district, how has the uh, endorsement process been rolled out to constituents and you being a social worker, you know, what role did you play in educating um, your constituents about candidates that were, I like to use the term, social work friendly types of candidates? On my side, uh, I know that when I get an endorsement, I just share with my contact list and all the constituents who I have. And so I've been privileged to be uh, endorsed by a number of unions and organizations. uh, And what I do for education purposes is I host a lot of virtual calls now. I'm constantly in the community having conversations about voting, census, um, COVID, you know, the election process, and encouraging, like, my focus has always been young people. As, I, as you stated before, I work in a high school, so I'm always engaging young people in this process. And one of my missions was to make sure I got a few young people to be poll workers mm-hmm. because what I've noticed is that if you get them involved in the process and you give them money, 
to be involved in the process, then they, they seem to to um, they seem to want engage in voting and see how easy it is and see how important it is. So that's been one of my missions to make sure we got more young people as poll poll workers this year. I couldn't agree with you more. Once you engage but, them at a young age, it becomes part of their life and they stay engaged in the process. Absolutely. Because I remember I was a poll worker at 17. Um, mm -hmm. and my mom was an immigrant, and so she understood the importance of, of a vote because she knew when she, when, when, she couldn't ha when she didn't have that privilege. And when she got it, she made sure she voted in every election, and she took us when we were young to the polls, and we were able to pull the lever over. I don't know if you guys, you guys remember that, right? You get the polls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and clip down who you were voting for. Like, um, you know, I was, I was engaged in that process from young for my mom, and then as I became old, I became a poll worker. My uh, my ex-husband was a poll worker. He was a poll machine um, school assistant, so he fixed the polls. Uh, so, yeah, I was always involved in this process, and I want more young people to be just as engaged. Yeah, I did the same thing. My um, my mom used to take me to vote when she was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, I'm sorry, not when she was a kid. When I was a kid, my mom used to take me to vote. And then when I was 18, I was a poll worker um, for the mm -hmm. first election that I could vote in and I just I always stayed engaged I remember when I was a kid making my mom promise she wouldn't go vote until after I got out of school um, and I wanted to it was exciting to be a part of that process and that's always stuck with me and, and one of the, the proudest things I always say is that I have a perfect voting record but what you said is perfect voting is a privilege you know we think of it as a right but as we see what's going on you know immigrants can't vote before they become citizens we see what's going on in Florida right now with people who were formerly incarcerated having a hard time getting their access to the ballot back and we right. do you know we do take it away from groups of people so we really have to utilize it for those of us that are able to so talk to our listeners about connection between social work and politics so how are those two married together and why is it so important for social workers to take an active political role so I'll say this, um, I realized I was going to be an elected official when I sat in my social justice class uh, my second semester. Uh, when I looked at the numbers of like social workers in Congress, the numbers were so dismal. And I was just like, how is it that we have to execute all of these policies and legislation that's, um, you know, that, that's passed, but we're not even a part of that process? And so that's what made me want to engage more in it. Like, I, I grew up um, in Harlem, uh, you know, on welfare, food stamps, Medicaid, all of these, these social, uh, social welfare programs. That was decided by a legislator how much money you're going to have in the program, when you get cut off, when you can come back on. And this is not done by people who actually did the work with an individual client or individual family. And so I thought it was absolutely important that, um, that I be a part of this process. I also come from a lens of, as a black woman, as a mother, and I feel like there are not enough women in politics. There are not enough social workers in politics. There are not enough mothers in politics. And so it's absolutely necessary for our voices to be heard and be a part of that process. I agree. Yeah, I agree. absolutely. I, I think it's so important for, for all people to be involved in the process, but I really try to get my students involved. We have such a wealth of diversity in social work. Um, in every way that you can think of it, people, you know, young people, uh, 
second career people, uh, just so many different demographics of people that enter social work that their voices need to be heard in throughout this whole process to make the process better than it is today. Um, and it's so important, you said before, Silas, about the presidential election, but I personally think that involving people in these more local elections is even more important. Our entire state legislature is up for re-election this year. These are the people that are really deciding what programs and policies are getting put into place. We have to work under these and our clients have to, you know, oftentimes live under these policies and we need to make them more equitable and we need to make them work better for the people. Now, a lot of people, sometimes they, they're not sure or clear on you know, where they should vote. Uh, sometimes, you know, people, you know, get to the poll and they're not really sure how the process is because like you both mentioned you know the whole process has changed a lot so um what what do you see as as ways that you know people can be very well versed when they do go to the polls whenever they go about you know where they should vote also you know who's on the bet well you know we know the presidential election but like you said um jessica uh, the whole state legislature is up for election and, you know, other play other seats are up. Also, there, you know, maybe, uh, you know, referendums on the ballot. So what's the best way for uh, voters to be very well educated and well versed? And I'll just throw that out there to both of you. I, I think the first step before anybody does anything else is really to check your voter registration status. So New York State has a website. It's voterlookup.elections.ny.gov. You put in your name, your birthday, your zip code, and your county, and it will. You're making sure that you're registered at the correct address. You know, especially for people who've recently left college in the height of this pandemic, may have not re-registered. You know, at their home address, they may be still registered on campus. People who moved recently. And in there, it will tell you your polling place. Um, It will tell you your political party affiliation. It will tell you the districts that you live in for Congress, the state legislature, um, and your county districts uh, if if you live in a county and have a county legislator. So you can look those people up and see who they actually are. Um, and find the people that are, are, you know, potentially running against them. It will give you your election day polling place and it will give you your early voting location place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that, you know, I, I looked this up too. I live in Nassau County. I know Nassau and Suffolk County and, and the rest of the state outside New York City. When you are doing early voting, you can go vote at any of the early voting locations. So in in the county that you live in. So I live in Nassau County. There's a couple of early voting locations in Nassau County. I can go utilize any of them. I'm not assigned to a specific one. But when it comes to election day, I'm assigned to a specific voting location that I need to go to. And all of that information is in there. And I do know that if you live in New York City, I don't believe that this has changed. Even during early voting, you're assigned an early voting location. So you need to look that up Mm -hmm. um, and figure out where you're actually supposed to be. Okay. All right. For that. That's correct. Um, And 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 it's something that we need to change. Uh, I know that the Madison Square Garden is going to be a polling site. Uh, for early voting, and so a number of Manhattan uh, people that live in New York City and Manhattan can utilize that space. However, like in the Bronx, we have specific early voting sites, which may be different from our election day sites. 
And it's important that we know those things before we even get there. The, the Board of Elections is supposed to mail you that information in advance, but, you know, more than likely you won't receive it. And so um, Jessica gave a website, but I'll also give another one. It's nycvotersearch.com. Uh, you can go there and get the same information. You find out if you're registered to vote, where you're registered to vote, where you go early voting and election day voting. Um, and then the other thing that I'll say is that just make sure you have a plan and take three or four people with you. I plan on, um, because my my early voting, I'm sorry, my election day site is actually in the apartment complex I live in, and it's a, a number of senior citizens that live here. I plan on actually voting with groups of people at specific times of the day, so they're going to set up a time in which we can go to the polls together. Um, of course, we're going to socially distance and be safe and wear mm-hmm. our masks, um, but I want to make this a joyous occasion as they get to vote for someone that they lived lived with for the last 13 years so we're going to make it a, a joyous day oh a celebration wow awesome yeah awesome. Okay. all right now what w- one of the things that you know and and you know we hear it and we've been hearing it in the media that you know there may be some elements that may want to dissuade people from voting and i'm just you know keeping it real because it's it's pretty much been out there so are, are, are there any is there any information um, or advice that can be given if a person goes to vote and they run into any type of problems of any kind? In other words, being almost like dissuaded from or um, be not being permitted to vote. Is there any recourse that, that a person would have? So voter suppression is real. Um, it doesn't look the same as when it as it did for like my mother's age group or. And uh, what, what voter suppression looks like now is being purged from the voter rolls, uh, having long lines, broken machines, so that you don't want to stand in line and you want to leave. Um, you know, voter suppression looks very real in the South Bronx. I've experienced where poll sites were moved without any explanation uh, for, for primaries uh, for candidates that they knew would win in a certain district. So, you know, it, it just looks different. So you want to be on your, on your A game. Uh, I'm going to tell everyone to stay in line, you know, stand in line, stay in line um, and be prepared to get up there and give your information. Uh, If you are not in the voter roll, you can get a court order to vote on a machine, uh, which is an extra step that most people don't want to do. But, um, you know, you have that option to get a court order if you want to vote on a machine. You've been voting there for, you know, however many years and then what all of a sudden you're not. Uh, in the voter roll. The other a- option is an affidavit ballot. Um, and if the machines are broken, you can call the call the Board of Elections and they will send out a tech to uh, come and look at the machines. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just want to echo what you said before in, in, you know, picking your time, like make your plan of when you're going to vote and vote as early as you can because we know that there are certain places where there's going to be long lines on election day. And if you don't want to stand in line, you know, pick, um, you know, an early voting time and, and go when they open, you know, in, in the middle of the day when people are at work, but not on lunch, you know, it's kind of figure out around your own schedule when you can do that and just try to do it before election day so that you're not dealing with all these extra circumstances and things going on and all of the people that could potentially show up on election day. Um, but early voting starts in 20 days. So 
pick a date on your calendar when you have a day off from work. There's weekend days available. There's weekday days available. They're open early and late depending on the day. So figure out when they're open in your county um, and just do it as soon as possible so you don't have to deal with, with all these extenuating circumstances. And if something's wrong, then absolutely get that court order if you can, you know, do a provisional ballot or an affidavit ballot if you can't, if you don't have the time to do a court order, but just, you know, sometimes it takes some persistence, but, but you just, we all have to vote. We all have to participate. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing is that uh, for new voters, they will, they may ask you for your ID because you have not voted before. My daughter, voted for the first time in my primary, which is amazing. She got to vote for her mom. Wow. They asked her for her ID. (laughs) (laughs) They asked her for her ID and she didn't have it, but, you know, we lived close enough for her to go home and come back with it. So if you are a first-time voter, just have your ID with you. Everyone else, they are not supposed to ask you for your ID in order for you to vote. Well, those are the points that I think are very, you know, very important, very vital for everybody to know. Um, And like, you know, I said, you know, at the top of the show is so vitally important. Um, And, you know, social workers, they've been on the forefront of the in the political spectrum. So, you know, I commend both of you for all that you've done. And uh, Jessica, I, I know you, you've been a warrior since I've known you, um, you know, out there pounding the pavement and, you know, and coercing people into running for offices. And so, you know, also just kind of like, you know, let people know that the presidential election is certainly important, but all the, the state legislature and if there's any local elections. And Jessica, you had mentioned previously when we talked that, you know, sometimes those local elections, they, they carry as much weight as, you know, the, you know, the state and, and the federal offices that are being contested. And I'm sure that that's the same um, in your district, Chantel. You know, obviously you, you're running as someone from the community. So just um, kind of bring us, take us home and talk a little bit about the importance of the local elections and knowing who locally is running um, in districts and counties and communities. It's my belief that the local elections are more important than our presidential elections uh, because it directly affects your day to day. So like our state legislatures, um, they they did a lot of work around criminal justice this year in policing. And it was it unfortunately was due to the deaths of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Amara Arbery and a number of uh, black people. But we watched them re- repeal 50A. We watched them, uh, you know, put in place real, real legislation that affects our criminal justice. And that, uh, that, that's what we need. We need to know that the people that we're electing are doing the work that we need them to do. And so I say to everyone, make sure you're voting your city council races, your your state senator, your assembly person. All those people matter. And they also have a hand in who the judges are. And these are the people who are locking up or not locking up black and brown folks. And so it's important that you, you are aware of who we're voting for because they have that amount of power. Our mayor has the amount of power to tell our uh, NYPD to go and break up a peaceful protest to to arrest people at a peaceful protest. So those things matter. And I'm not saying the presidential doesn't matter, but I'm just saying that our state legislatures, our city councils, our mayor, those people matter 
um, just as much or even more than our presidential. I get very frustrated when people say I don't like either of the presidential candidates. I'm not going to show up and vote. And that's that's the wrong answer because that's not the only thing on the ballot. We have these state Senate and assembly races. Um, we also have judges on our ballots out here on Long Island. Our Supreme Court judges are running uh, this year. Um, you know, and, and someone I deeply care about and has been wonderful to the School of Social Welfare at uh, Stony Brook ha- is running for Supreme Court Justice this year, Valerie Cartwright. She's a town council person. And these are just so important to our, our everyday lives that we have to participate more in it. There isn't a lot of local, local stuff this year in terms of, you know, city and county and town. Those elections actually happen next year. And that is, you know, a critical thing to understand about New York State is that we have elections in New York State every single November. So it's the presidential and it's the state legislature this year. But next year, it's our city, our county and our towns that we're electing. And then the year after it, it's our midterm. So Congress is up for re-election. Our state Senate and Assembly is up for re-election again because they only get two-year terms. And then we also have the gubernatorial and the statewide elections. And and these things to me, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. They're just so important for people to participate in because the participation rate drops significantly after a presidential election. Um, and and it for reasons I, I just will never understand. So I'm going to continue to keep pounding the pavement to get people out to vote. I actually just told my classes today again, you know, if you if you show up to vote, I give you extra credit. Awesome. <laughs> um, I forgot to say before, there is still time. Voter registration deadline in New York is is actually this Friday. So it has not passed yet. So you do have until Friday to either get on. So it's the ninth on either mydmv.com where you can change your registration. You can mail it, but if you're going to mail it, then mail it soon because the post office has been unbelievably slow recently. Um, or you could show up and do it in person if, if you feel comfortable doing that at the DMV, at the Board of Elections, if you live close. Um, but just get that in, get your friends to go with you, get your students, your classmates, whoever it is, just push everybody out the door. I would love for one day for election day to always be a holiday in New York state. Hint, hint. <laughs> because we I got, need to make it easier. <laughs> yeah, but suggestion. we need to make it as easy as possible. And I think that we tend in New York State to focus and other those situations, you know, that we don't do these things. We don't purge. We don't have lines. And we do. We do all over the state. And we have weird things that happened last year in a couple of counties with where the early voting locations were put. You know, that's problematic um, and we've had purges we had a purge in 2016 that was really detrimental um, so we really just have to stay on it you know if, I've always said if you don't use it you lose it yes. um, so we have to keep using it yes exercise the franchise so um, just before we we wrap up um, could you both just um, restate the website that you mentioned where people can go and find out about if they're still registered Sure, it's nycvotersearch.com. And I also want to plug um, the absentee ballot application site, which is nycabsentee.com. Thank you. So this one's actually good for the whole state. It's voterlookup.elections.com. 
www.ny.gov, and this will give you where you're registered to vote, your political party, your districts, your election day polling location, and the early voting locations that are available in your county for you. Go also to the New York State Board of Elections website, which is elections.ny.gov. You can get your vote, your absentee ballot. Um, you could sign up to be a poll worker. Uh, you can find out more about early voting and all the voter registration forms and everything is available on that website for you. All right. Thank you both. And uh, just leave our listeners with just a closing thought. Sure. Well, thank you guys both for um, having this important discussion. Um, I just want to remind everyone of uh, our important dates, which is October 24th, starts early voting until November 1st. Election day is November 3rd. Um, You have until October 9th to register to vote, and you have until uh, October 27th to request your absentee ballot. I just want everyone to stay safe, wear a mask when outside and around people, make sure you're social distancing, Um, wash your hands, I hope you've completed your census, and remember to vote. Thank you. Jessica? I just want to remind everyone to vote. It's so important. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbor, bring the person that you walk past walking down the street every day. Uh, the more of us that participate in these elections, the the better this this world will be. And I'm hoping that more social workers will continue to take the, step, the steps that Chantel took and actually run for office. I'm so excited that you're going to be in the state legislature next year. Um, and I think that I would be remiss if I didn't plug the fact that you will not be the only social worker that's in the state legislature. We have two other uh, state assembly people, both from Brooklyn, Mathilda Frontis and Jamie Williams, who are social workers. And we need more social workers to take part in this at the federal, state and local level. So many different forms of government in New York State and social workers have a place in all of them. That's going to wrap it up for us. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This has been a Kelson Communications production.